On today's episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, we talk about the offense, the bad, we talk about the defense, the good, we also dive into the depth chart, the unofficial. Cody, it is hump day, so let's go ahead and start the show. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. John Hickman, of course, Cody Davis on the other side, here to talk Texans training camp from Tuesday. Uh, Titus Howard was back at practice after missing a few days due to COVID. However, he left early due to exhaustion from the heat. was hot outside, so can't blame him there. Uh, Defensive end Rasheem Green. He was back to full pads and was a full participant after missing a few days. Texans rookie linebacker Christian Harris still working his way back from that minor hamstring injury that's bothering him right now. And the Texans worked out defensive ends Joe Jackson, Brian Cox, along with tight ends Marcus Bow and David Wells. And right before we hopped on to record this podcast, Houston traded for tight end Adam Rich. Adam Shaheen, excuse me, and a seventh rounder from the Miami Dolphins, and they gave up a sixth rounder to get him. Cody, the offense had an off day led by Davis Mills, who didn't have a particularly good day. And also when you look at his wide receivers, that kind of made it a little bit more difficult for him to succeed when they're not creating separations or dropping balls. But while you were out there on Tuesday, Cody, what was the problem? Well, John, as you alluded to already, the Houston Texans offense did not have a good day on Tuesday. And look, we got to start with the guy under center, Davis Mills. Now, I understand on this podcast, me and you, we do believe in Davis Mills. And when he does good, we give him his praises. However, we got to keep that same energy when he has a bad day. And on Tuesday, Davis Mills had a very bad day. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Davis Mills did finish Tuesday practice going 10 for 16 with a couple of touchdowns. And I know some of you guys might hear that and think to yourselves, well, that's not that bad. However, there was a moment during practice, mo- mostly doing 11 on 11 drills, where Davis Mills was 4 for 10. And most of Davis Mills' completion did come towards the end of practice doing red zone drills. However, some of Davis Mills' struggles, I do want to mention that it was more so due to the wide receiver's inability to hold on to the ball. And that's something we're going to dive into a little bit more in the second segment by just talking about how good this defense has been. But, John, one thing I am starting to notice out of Davis Mills It seems like he is settling. It seems like he is only making his completions when his targets are running flat slants and curls. And that is starting to be a little bit of an issue to me because I go back to OTAs. I go back to minicamp. I go back to the first couple of days of training camp. And it seems like Davis Mills was at least trying to attack this defense down the field with his arm however over the last couple of days i have not seen that out of davis mills now i don't want to hit the panic button i don't want to make this a big deal because davis mills settling for his targets who are running 
in a media route might be something that Pep Hamilton wants him to focus on for this time being. Um, maybe the read that he is looking for in hopes to attack the defense down the field, maybe it's not there. However, the one thing I have noticed, when Davis Mills did try to attack this defense, it seemed like he was a little bit inefficient with that. And that is going to be a little bit of a problem because when you go back and you take a look at the promise that Davis Mills showcased last season, and you go back and take a look at everything you and I talked about, especially when Pep Hamilton took over as this team offensive coordinator, we want to see Davis Mills attack downfield. He has the arm. Once again, John, I don't know what's going on on that aspect, but on Tuesday, Davis Mill had arguably, if not arguably, the worst training cap practice so far this year. And right now, that could be a part. And, and I want to address him not taking the you know ball and slinging it down the field more, which we do expect to see with Pep Hamilton being the OC. That's something that we you know religiously saw in 2014. And, and better halves of 2013, right before he got let go in 2015, when Andrew Luck was really putting that ball in the air. They led the league in 20 or more yard plays from the air, so we want to see that. I think we will. This could be a part of just bringing his second-year quarterback on slowly. However, if he had a bad day, he had a bad day. Cody, but can you talk about the wide receivers? What was the issue with them? Was it just that they're not creating separation right now? Do the cornerback and DBs have their number? Is it because they've been playing against each other for so long? The <laughs> tendencies have been shown. What's that? Because I was in a Texan space earlier. I'm going to say this really quick, and I'm going to move on to back to you. But there is a thought process, and I still think there is a need to address this wide receiver group. Um, Brandon Cooks is only going to do so much. We, we can't wait to see Nico. Everybody is excited for Nico, but those are just two players. Philip Dorsett is another player that I think once he gets to be able to come along with his health, getting back in, you know, in the swing of things, he'll be effective for Houston. But the wide receiver group, really quick, what was the issue with them today? They just couldn't hold on to the ball, <laughs> plain and simple. And there were moments where I noticed. It was really hard for a guy like Brandon Cooks to create separation. As a matter of fact, um, don't be surprised if Steven Nelson at some point began the season as cornerback number one because there was a moment where Steven Nelson was in Brandon Cooks's chest. And Brandon Cooks could not create separation. However, it also goes back to the bad day that Davis Mills had because if I, me, standing on the sideline watching Brandon Cooks have a tough time to create separation between him and Steven Nelson, why would you make that your primary target? And that's exactly what Davis Mills did, and there's no wonder why that pass attempt was an incompletion. But, John, um, this, this wide receiving core – same thing as the tight end, the, the tight end on Tuesday. This was their least, least productive day. And, you know, a handful of it was due to the fact of Davis Mills' struggle, Kyle Allen's struggle, and, of course, you know, Jeff, we don't even got to bring him into the equation. But at the end of the day, this defense has looked really good over the last couple of days. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. 
Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, MLB, of course. Uh, MLB is Major League Baseball. But the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information, live betting, scores, podcasts. They have you covered with everything you're looking for. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action happening today because BetOnline is where the game starts. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans. And, of course, in the first segment, we talked about how bad this offense looked. But, John, listeners and viewers, this defense looked really good on Tuesday. And as a matter of fact, this defense has looked good over the last couple of days. In the first segment, talked about how the wide receivers, they had a tough time trying to get fully possession of the ball, um, especially their inability to create separations. Just told you guys about Brandon Cook, Steven Nelson. But overall, this defense, you, you are really starting to see the improvements from all of these players you know john i'm going to start with the secondary jonathan owens had about two pass deflections on yesterday jalen petra we've been singing his praises throughout this whole entire training camp on yesterday was a really good day steven nelson he is once again showcasing why he might be the houston texans best offseason acquisition because we are really starting to see his impact on this secondary as a cornerback but john where i really want to focus in on is the defensive line unit now revisiting a storyline prior to the start of training camp i said i wanted to see if this defensive line unit is good enough to say this is why Nick Casario did not draft one of the top tier defensive line linemen during the 2022 NFL draft. And, you know, I was very critical about that. From what I'm seeing throughout training camp, I'm not going to go as far as to say they have showcased why. Nick Casario chose not to draft a defensive lineman because at the end of the day, they are still in the early stages of a rebuild. And when you take a look at the, the defensive linemen who were still on the board, especially given the pick that they use on Kenyon Green, um, I would have preferred Nick Casario to choose the latter. However, this defensive line unit is going to be better than what I expected. You already know about John Grenard. He is out there doing his thing, headlining this defensive line. He's been line. having a very good camp. <laughs> what? And when I healthy, tell you. Healthy for the most part, too. Yes, healthy. When I tell you, he is also yeah. dipping into pass coverage as well. Um, as we enter day 10 of training camp, he is, has already recorded, I want to say, three pass pass deflections and an interception that he could have taken to the house had this been a real game. But John Grenard has put together a very good training camp. Roy Lopez coming off strong in his second season. Ross Blacklock, we highlighted him on Saturday. I wrote about him on Sports Illustrated. He has also put together a really good training camp. Of course, the veterans, Addison, Collins, all of these guys on the defensive front is looking good, especially one guy I really wanted to see, Okoronkwo. 
you know, when the Houston Texans signed him, Lovey Smith talked about how his defensive presence is going to help the Texans' defensive front create a lot of pass rush opportunities. That is what I have been able to see over the last two days. And as a matter of fact, on yesterday, I had an opportunity to talk to defensive line coach Jock Sazir, and this is what he had to say. Can you actually talk about what you have seen over the last few days um, from Okoronko? It seems like he's going to be a big addition to that defensive front this year. Uh, absolutely. You know, uh, you know, when I saw him last year, he was playing with the uh, the Rams, and uh, I just saw that burst and that, that the pass rush ability, and I just knew that we just had to have him. And, uh, he does a really good job of uh, not only coming off the ball, but his rushes and understanding what he has to do within our defense. Plus, he's a big, uh, you know, big part of special teams. So I'm excited to see what he can bring to the table this year. You know who I really like? I want to talk about just shot, shot this kid out, Jonathan Owens, hmm. who, you know, Texans brought in a couple of years ago, finally had an opportunity to play last year. But just to see him work his way up, now listed as the number one starting safety aside, Jalen Petrie. Uh, throughout training camp, he's been showing his alertness, his instincts. He has a good burst, been able to, you know, get a couple of pass deflections, get his hand on around the ball. Very smart player, which is something that uh, the, the coaching staff has raved about from Jonathan Owens. And I, I do think that he's looking to build off what he was able to do last year, finally being able to play, finish the season starting in back-to-back -back games, those two wins against the Jags and the Chargers during that two-game stretch form only allowed 29 yards and had an interception. So uh, just one of those developmental players that could possibly pan out for Houston, if not a bona fide starter, then a guy that is a very uh, confident and a trustworthy situational player for Houston moving forward. But for this defense to have the last couple of days that they have, you know who this really – Sounds good for it. Sounds good for Lovey Smith. Right? Still to wanting to right, still wanted to call plays this year. Drafted players that may not fit a traditional Tampa two scheme, but this is a guy who has coached athletes. When you coach athletes like the Brian Earl Ackers of the world, the Lance Briggs, Tommy Harrison, Peanut Tillman, like when you coach players like that, you find ways to make sure that they're doing the great things that they've been doing their entire career. So, and one guy I'm really excited to see whenever he's actually able to get back on the field is that goddamn that Christian Harris man. <laughs> I, it's, it's, I think his athletic ability can do wonders for him this year, even in a sample size for Houston. And on that defense, I, I can't wait to see him play this preseason. He's one of those players that. Got his name circled all around the depth chart because I can't wait to see him play. We're going to talk about the unofficial depth chart when we come back. Thank you guys for sticking around today on the Locked On Texan podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen. Now, go ahead and make your second listen. Locked On Fantasy Football Show. Find the intellectual fantasy expert, Vinny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle to give you the moves no one else has. Get ready for your fantasy draft with Locked On Fantasy Football. Cody, the Texans' unofficial depth chart dropped on Tuesday night. Hmm. And uh, I, I thought it was pretty interesting. I looked at it. Uh, there were some things that we knew were going to happen, right? Farrell Brown being the starting tight end listed as of right now. Mm -hmm. 
We look at the offensive line. The only reason why Kenyon Green isn't starting at left guard is because of the missed time that he's had. I think eventually, hopefully, he gets 100% healthier. I don't know about that. At the uh, left guard. I think Malik Collins and Royal Lopez listed as the two interior defensive end. I mean, D tackles. Mm -hmm. That was pretty much standard. Jalen Petrie and Derek Stingley were both already announced that they will be starting come week one. Mm-hmm. And when I look at Kamu Grugier Hill and Christian Kirksey, I think that um, those two guys starting is um, was already kind of pretty much up in the air. I mean, solidified, excuse me. Kevin Pierre-Lewis, as of right now, is starting over Christian Harris. That's another thing that I think once time comes, we'll be able to um, – We'll be able to really go over and see the difference. Uh, with this unofficial depth chart, is there a position that may carry the most players, you think, due to maybe there's not a one standout player at this position? Once again, shout out to Jonathan Owens, man. I really love that. <laughs> um, I'm going to say no to that question. I, I because this is more so of a normal year and i say normal year because remember when the unofficial depth chart came out last year it was just all over the place you had like seven running backs the sean watson was a four-string quarterback it, it was just it all was over the place uh remember charles and many who was like the last person as a, as a d like it was just all over the place but i don't really have a problem once again it is an unofficial depth chart however john when you take a look at this depth chart right now the backfield marley mack or rex burkhead and as of right now you have damian pierce as your third string running back i get it i understand it why you're high on keon green and you look what i've seen out of that young man and like i said i don't want to dive into him too much because he's been dealing with some some kind of lower left leg injury and that's part of the reason why he's out right now but he has not looked look good throughout training camp but if you're talking about a rookie on this offensive side of the ball who has the potential come the last preseason game to move up this depth chart it is definitely damian pierce because we just finished talking about how bad this offense looked on Tuesday, and Damian Pierce was probably the only bright spot out of everybody on the offensive side of the ball. So, I mean, as of right now, once again, this is the first unofficial depth chart. This is probably going to get revised at least two to three more times, probably four more Much times. Much more before. than that. We got cuts. Yeah, probably. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying with cuts. Um, you know, after this first preseason game on Saturday, we will see a lot more cuts taking place. Um, but. Damian Pierce is definitely going to rise up this depth chart. Like I said, I'm a little bit confused what they mean by Marlon Mack um, as first string running back or Rex Burkhead. Um, And look, you're talking about three running backs who are having really good camps all throughout. But at the end of the day, when you go out there and and take a look at what what you are watching out this backfield every single day during practice, it doesn't take a rocket science for anybody to say Damian Pierce is not only the most talented, but Damian Pierce is also the best running back that the Houston Texans have as of right now. In terms of a position group that I can see is going to be very competitive. I go back to the wide receiving core. Chad Beebe, yeah. Jalen Johnson III, J- um, Jalen Camp, um, Chester Rogers. I mean, all of these guys Dorsett. have. Uh, yeah, Philip Dorsett. I, honestly, John, I really do believe Philip Dorsett 
roster spot is solidified, especially when you consider. I think his roster spot may be solidified. His depth, I don't know, is where it can mm. be very Oh, you, you, like you're that. right on the depth because I truly believe there is going to be a close competition between him and Chris Moore on who's going to take the quote-unquote starting slot receiver position. As I mentioned on yesterday, when I take a look at a Pep Hamilton offense, I don't see the Houston Texans having a quote-unquote starting slot in wide receiver. I think it's going to be more so who's going to favor this matchup versus this particular team. But Philip said I do believe that he's going to be in that battle with Chris Moore. But once again, BB, Johnson III, Camp, Rogers. I mean, those guys right there are going to be in a very competitive wide receiver battle when training camp starts on Saturday. I think the defensive side of the ball is very interesting right now. Again, Pierre Lewis, Christian Harris, uh, Kamu Grugier-Hill, and Garrett Wallow. I don't think that Garrett Wallow eventually beats them out. I just think we're going to see mm. much more of Wallow. And so that could lead to him getting more snaps in a game here or there. I don't know, but I think that position is very interesting between the two linebackers on the outside. And then right now, Jonathan Owens is the number one strong safety, but Eric Murray is also – in the running as well. And listen, Eric Murray closed the year out pretty decent for Houston. Terrence John. Brooks is also on this roster. And uh, I also look at MJ Stewart and the young man out of Beaumont, Graydon Arnold. I think that whenever they start making cuts, they're going to look at guys like a Jake Hansen, a Blake Cashman, and Neville Hewitt battle at the linebacker position. That is also very important as well. And then you also got to look at Tay Davis, who – on Saturday, Tay Davis had a very good day on Saturday. But you also got mm-hmm. Jalen Reeves, Maven. They got a lot of linebackers that some of these guys just got to go. But then you also look at the guys Damn, that they tough. view as being very important for them on special teams as well. So, of course, Saturday will be the first day we see how all of that <laughs> works out. My eyes will be glued to the TV on my couch with some wings like it's a regular <laughs> season game. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked on Texan podcast. Make sure you find us and subscribe to the Locked on Texan on uh, YouTube page on YouTube under Locked on Texans. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. Uh, y'all been helping me get my followers up. I'm trying to get the 400 by the last preseason game. I mean, go ahead and help mm-hmm. me and follow us on Twitter at Locked on Texans as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. How many tight ends do they need?